Welcome to Pushing the Limits with your host, Lisa Tarmody, where it's all about health optimization, anti-aging, longevity, and being the very best you can be. Brought to you by lisatarmody.com. Hey everyone, welcome again to the show this week. I have Dr. Carrie Jones, who is a naturopathic doctor. She's been the medical director of Precision Analytical, who do dried urine tests, um, Dutch testing. Um, she was that for 10 years, and now she's working for another company that does a whole lot of different lab tests, and just an incredible person with over 25 years of knowledge in the space of endocrinology and hormones. So this one is for all those people that are struggling with hormone-related issues, male and female. It's for people with thyroid issues. It's for people with cortisol issues. There's a ton of great information in this show. Uh, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Before we head over, uh, lots of things going on in my life. I'm about to relaunch my brand, Long Life Labs. Uh, which is going to house our uh, anti-aging and longevity supplement range. We have it already up, but we're just going to be doing a new website. So make sure you head over to lisatarmody.com, hit the shop button, and you'll see some changes going on in the in the near future. I've also got a, a fabulous new product in um, from um, HVMN who produce ketone esters. Now, I've been a fan of ketone esters for a long time, doing a lot of research on it. Um, and I finally managed to get a contract with these guys and I'm super excited. I had Jeffrey Wu on the show uh, a couple of years ago. Very, very powerful product. It's been game-changing for mum and her brain health. So I want you to go over and check out the ketone esters from HVMN on the website at lisatarmody.com. Uh, for those people who can't do the keto diet, for those who have brain injuries, for those who have, uh, well, in my case with mum's cancer, it's a good add-on thing that you can put in. It helps with energy production, helps with insulin sensitivity, helps with oh, for sports performance. A lot of the Tour de France riders are on uh, this product. Um, the special forces are on it, you know. And when those guys, when the top guys in the world, in the military and in the athletic space are doing something, you want to pay attention because there's a reason they're doing it. So check that out on um, my shop at lisatarmody.com. Right, now over to the show with the lovely Dr. Carrie Jones. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to Pushing the Limits. Today, I am super excited, a wonderful lady to guest, Dr. Carrie Jones. Welcome to the show, Dr. Carrie. My gosh, thank you so much for having me. I'm glad we could do this. Oh, I'm a bit of a fangirl, so um, yeah. <laughs> I've got so many questions, and I've been up after night sort of, you know, going through material and making sure that I can keep up with your amazing brain because you're so uh, knowledgeable in the areas of everything from thyroid to hormones to SIBO to everything, <laughs> right? Um, can you give us a little bit of a background before we dive into the weeds? Give us a bit of a background on your life and where, where you've come from. Yeah, absolutely. So I in I'm in the US and I'm a naturopathic doctor and I'm board certified in endocrinology and have my master's in public health. So I have done hormones, been in the hormone world since medical school. I did my residency in hormones, private practice was in hormones. And then gradually through the years, I started working for the Dutch test. I was their medical director for almost 10 years, which was amazing because I just got to really hone in on hormones, um, both male and female hormone health for all day, every day, which was to me is so much fun. And that's, yeah. I love to nerd out on that stuff. And now 
uh, this year, uh, I switched, I pivoted. Um, and now I work for a company in the U S that distributes lots of lab work or lab tests, not just the Dutch test. So I've gotten to experience and help coordinate education around stool testing or thyroid testing or Lyme testing or, you know, also hormone testing, uh, neurotransmitter testing. So it's been really fun to just sort of open up and, and work with other laboratory companies and see what they do and see, you know, how they run peak at their behind the scenes instead of just doing all hormones all the time, even though that is my passion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a big world in itself. Mm, um, mm-hmm. uh, that, that, so that's fascinating. So, like, this is a this is a cool thing. There is just so many tests now that we can get access to. Really advanced, revolutionising tests that um, I don't think are being fully appreciated in the standard traditional um, medical world yet. Generally, you know, like um, Dutch testing, you know, for example, is just so powerful if we're looking at our hormones and we need to understand where we're at. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm excited for all the other things. You know, thyroid is another one of my pet things. So like, you know, you go to your standard doctor, you get a TSH done, and they go, "Lo, you look fine." You know, and you're right. like, ah. <laughs> but I'm not fine. <laughs> well, why have I got all these symptoms then? Um, yeah. And yeah, um, so. Uh, let's just dive a little bit then before, because I do want to look at hormones and things, but just what are some of the favorite tests that you guys are doing at uh, FXMEX now and what you're actually looking at? What are you? So I would say, so in our version, um, so the company I work for is Rupa. And so for those Mm -hmm. who are listening in New Zealand, um, it's very similar to FXMED in that they distribute um, a uh, lot of lab testing. So I would say our top two tests by far are hormone testing and stool testing. A lot, a lot of practitioners are finding that when you pair the two together, when you poop in a cup for science and see what's going on in the intestinal tract and then pair that with your hormones and your cortisol, so estrogen, progesterone, cortisol, you can really get a whole lot of information. I would say the next category of popular testing or what we call organic acids, Mm. uh, which is a urine test. And organic acids also um, gives us additional insight into a lot of different systems and cycles and nutrients. And so for a lot of practitioners, it's it's a nice added test to just, you know, peel the layer back even further of what's going on with your mitochondria, what's going on with your Krebs cycle, what's going on with these nutrients. How does your detoxification pathways look like, et cetera, et cetera. So I would say those are our top, I would say three categories that we hear all the time, which I, 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 I'll get asked, you know, do I agree with that? Do I think that's right? And I do, because I think for a lot of women in particular, um, you know, the gut health ties hand in hand with our thyroid health, with Mm -hmm. our ovarian health, with our cortisol health. And so starting with the gut for a lot of people makes the most sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it, like I'm new to the area of organic acids. So I'm just learning that. It's a big one. That. It's a big area. Yeah. <laughs> it's a huge, it's a big one. <laughs> <laughs> and, and microbiome. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, like just, um, in, in my experience, I've, I've, my listeners and I've got a mum who I always talk about on the show, um, who's had a massive aneurysm and stroke and mm-hmm. then cancer and, you know, it's meant to die 10 times, hasn't, because we've thrown the bus at everything and we've really um incredible journey um that she's been on for the last eight years. 
and this is what drove me into this world, right? Mm-hmm. Background as a crazy, stupid athlete. Um, what, 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 you know, what am I doing here? Um, <laughs> when you have a family situation, oftentimes you get led down these rabbit holes. And, mm-hmm. you know, the way I approach ultra marathons is the way I approach research now. So, you know, from one extreme to the next extreme sort of thing. Um, but I've noticed with her doing microbiome testing, uh, in the aftermath of getting on top of some cancer, we had a, a terminal CNS lymphoma. We're told she had weeks to live. That's a year and a half ago. Um, and we're now doing the microbiome side of things. And that's been game changing. Like to realize how bad her gut was for starters. Um, and I was doing things like a keto diet and, you know, um, low carb and, and, and trying to get her into a therapeutic state of ketosis for her brain and could never get her there. And like, why? Uh, suddenly started working on the microbiome and all of a sudden the ketones come online and it's like, mm-hmm. wow, that's mm-hmm. pretty powerful. And then yeah. COVID came along and wiped all that out again. And our microbiome was damaged again. <laughs> and now we're in the rebuild phase. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But this is how, you know, like, oh, COVID and viruses and things can damage your microbiome. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, you know, so it's, it's really been an interesting journey. Um, I wanted to talk about firstly, though, if we could looking at hormones, because hormones are something that comes in my practice every day. Are people mm-hmm. dealing with thyroid, with PCOS, endometriosis, uh, fibroids, uh, you know, bad periods, breast cancer, all of these things. And when I, you know, you start diving into the literature and you start working through Dutch testing and so on, you start realizing how we could have, we could have saved a lot of people a lot of trouble if we'd done this earlier, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Which I think a lot of people who, once they go through and get some of this testing and get some of these answers, they're, you know, I, I don't blame their frustration when they say, why didn't I get this three years ago, five years ago? Why wasn't I told about this, you know, in school or, um, you know, what to expect even, or what's normal versus not normal. The number of people who have severe 10 out of 10 cramps and, um, you know, they just think that's, that's their normal. I say, yeah. well, it's common, but it doesn't make it normal. And I think that's a big one for, for a lot of us is just that, that keystone education is, is missing. And then what do we do? Like we turn to the internet or we turn to our friends, we turn to our sister, we turn our, you know, like what, like, what do you get? What do you get? What do, what's happening? Mm-hmm. Um, and even then sometimes people are like, oh, I get that too. So it's normal. It's like, well, again, yeah. Common, not. not necessarily normal, but yeah, when when our hormones are off, we definitely feel it. I mean, we know something is wrong intuitively. And it's such a fine balance, you know, like um, mm-hmm. I had, you know, um, adenomyosis and fibroids mm. and things. Mm-hmm. And when, as a young girl, it, going through, you know, troubles with cramping and heavy periods and mm-hmm. months-long periods, the doctor back then said, okay, we'll just stick you on the oral contraceptive pill because that'll – Balance everything out. Well, right. yeah, right, <laughs> fantastic, right? Thirteen-year-old right. on oral contraceptives, and yeah, it did. It did balance mm-hmm. things out, and I, it shut things down. You know, like, um, mm-hmm. and then you stay mm-hmm. on that for decades because every time you try to go off it, oh, uh, the, those horrible symptoms come back. Instead of looking at the root cause, why right. did that happen? And then you know, when you do finally try and get off that type of thing, and then infertility. Why can't I have a baby? Why? Why? Yeah. You know, why have I got these fibroids? Why, why is all this stuff happening to me? Uh, and, and this, you know, just personal experiences. 
Um, and so it makes me quite passionate about like, okay, young ladies listening to this, you need <laughs> to get this stuff done. You need to yeah. understand what pathways. If we start with hormones, um, and this is just as valid for men, by the way, and I want to oh, absolutely about men's mm-hmm. health, men's yep. hormones and testosterone optimization and things, you know, all of that sort of jazz. But if we start with ladies for starters, what are some of the common things, you know, estrogen dominance we hear of, estrogen yeah. toxicity, your ability to detox, phase one and phase two? And can we sort of have a conversation around that and just explain some things to people? Yeah, well, first of all, estrogen for sure gets vilified a lot. You know, there are a lot of people who, you know, est- again, estrogen dominance, estrogen excess, estrogen toxicity. And so poor estrogen gets this nasty name of it does only evil in the body and therefore we need to suppress it or get rid of it. But really estrogen, and, and when we talk about estrogen, what we really mean is our main potent estrogen. It's called E2 estradiol. We just gen- generically call it estrogen. Mm-hmm. So estradiol helps our brain and it helps our bones and it helps our skin and our collagen and it helps our heart, our cardiovascular disease and fertility. I mean, Estrogen really does a lot, but when, when we think of the menstrual cycle, think of it as a very controlled roller coaster. So hormones go up, hormones go down, but it's controlled. It should be controlled. What happens is when we get off track, when, when we go higher than we should or lower than we should, or we swing left and we should have gone right. And then that's when we feel it and have all these, these symptoms. So in the first part of our cycle, our estrogen, all our hormones are really low. When you're on your period, your hormones are super low. They're supposed to be. And then gradually estrogen climbs, climbs, climbs on the roller coaster just before ovulation. Then you ovulate, release an egg, which is, and you know, if you're going to get pregnant, that's the time. If not, then don't. What happens afterwards though, is then that's when you're supposed to make mountains of progesterone, Mm. mountains, way more than people originally thought. Wow. Mountains of progesterone. And we make some estrogen, some estradiol. It's not mountains, but it is definitely, we get the second rise of it. So again, very controlled, very controlled how this is supposed to work. But when in that second half, when, when we don't get mountains of progesterone, so relative to estrogen, estrogen appears to be, for lack of a better word, winning. And when estrogen's winning, and or progesterone's lower than we want, that's when we feel like crap. That's yeah. when we are like, my periods are heavy. My PMS is bad. I'm, my fibroids are growing. My, I've, I'm growing polyps. My endometriosis is, you know, really severe this month. I mean, while a lot goes into that, when we, when we look at the, you know, like what, what hormones am I talking about? I'm talking about that estrogen progesterone kind of imbalance. Yeah. Progesterone is our calming, our soothing, our relaxing hormone. It helps reduce anxiety. It helps improve sleep. It's called progesterone because it's progestation. It helps keep our uterus nice and so we don't have heavy periods. Whereas estrogen's a grower, it's a builder, great for the brain, great for the bones, great for collagen, right? Great for the heart. Not so great when it's out of control and now we have clots <laughs> and, yeah. and pain and endometriosis and mood swings and you know bloating and puffiness. And so while we need these hormones, we definitely need them to be again, on this controlled roller coaster. And the real nice thing is we can test for this because they're supposed to be on a controlled roller coaster. We know where in your cycle we can test you to see, are you making mountains of progesterone at this point where you should, or are you not? 
do you have enough estrogen at this point in your cycle or do you have too much or too little? So it's really nice because it is supposed to be controlled in theory that we, we for sure can test it and then do something about it when it's out of balance. Yeah. And then, you know, in going into perimenopause and menopause, um, oh, we're yeah. also um, trying to get your, you know, like I'm on bioidentical hormone replacement therapy and trying to dial that in is quite difficult, right? Mm-hmm. You know, especially when you can't test every week and, you know, something comes along, get sick, get stresses, whatever, more, where you were in balance, now you're not in balance. Um, yeah. Just recently retested myself and went, oh, okay. That might be why I'm feeling so shitty and anxious. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. And no energy because, yeah, I'm on something, but I'm not on enough for where I am in my my phase and my, my my time of life. So that was empowering. That was like, ah, mm-hmm. oh, I've been feeling yeah. shit for a while and ignoring it, looking after everyone else. And finally I had a look at my own and gone, oh yeah, okay, I'm yeah. out again. That's yeah. what's happening. Um and and it's a little bit difficult. Now you're on oral progesterones when you, you know, if you're on um bioidentical hormone replacement. Um and then looking at your test and what's natural and what's not and which, you know, you're not cycling per se like like the normal cycle at least right um right. so it gets a little bit more complicated than for uh, um younger women who are you know cycling normally but right. we're normally testing with a dutch test in the in the uh luteal phase mm-hmm. and seeing where their progesterone's at is, is a sort of a key thing and then right. we're also looking at your ability to then uh, convert, for example, you know, you've got your cascade of hormones, you're, you're making your testosterones, and we can go into those, and you, you're aromatizing some down into estrogens and your different types of estrogens, and you've got your 2OH and your 4OH and your 16OH. Can you explain a little bit of that phase? Like, yeah. okay, you've made your estrogens, but they're not all happy happy estrogens right right and you know the estrogen doesn't live forever it has to you know it has to get broken apart and you know go somewhere so we call that is detoxification or metabolism and so when you make an estrogen you use your estrogen your estrogen is done and again for clarity's sake i'm going to talk about estradiol that e2 but we just call it estrogen. So then estrogen goes through a two or three step process to get out of the body. So in your first process, appropriately called phase one, phase one estrogen detoxification predominantly happens in your liver. Now it can happen in other cells of your body, but predominantly your liver is your big hitter. Your liver takes the estrogen that you're done with and then converts it into something else. When it breaks it down or converts it into something else, it's called a metabolite which is because your estrogen has been metabolized. So it's now we call it a metabolite. Not all metabolites are good for you, um, but it is what it is. What it is. That's how the body was designed. So we have three main metabolites you can choose from. So think of like pathways or roads you can go down. Yeah, We have a, we have a, we have a better road to go down. We It's appropriately, we call it the two pathway. So um, sometimes on a Dutch test, uh, if you've got your own Dutch test or if somebody's run a Dutch test for you, you'll see it says 2-O-H. So that's O-H is hydroxy. So the two pathways considered that it's green because it's better. It's the better, less carcinogenic, less cancerous pathway. Not zero, but it is way less. Mm. The next pathway is a red pathway. It's called the four pathway, the 4-O-H pathway. Most carcinogenic, higher cancer risk. Not automatically. Don't, just because you go down that pathway doesn't mean you're going to get cancer. And we all make some. 
the chance, the chance there's the chance is a little higher. Then you have a third pathway, which we call like the gray area pathway, but on the Dutch test, it's a blue line. Um, so it's the 16 pathway. So 16 is gray area because, um, it can causes things to grow. So for example, bone health, great at reducing the risk of osteoporosis. Not great if you happen to have breast cancer. We don't want to further Your promote 16. you know, the, the yeah. cells, right? We don't want the 16 to cause things to grow. So that's your phase one. So now that you're phase one, and you know that some of these can be kind of naughty, so we need to neutralize them. So now the body pushes them into what's called phase two, where we neutralize them, which is known as methylation sulfation or glucuronidation. I don't know who named these things. I would not have named them these things. I would have named them something way easier and way more fun, but that's where we're at. (laughs) Methylation, sulfation, or glucuronidation. So once you go through that, you're what's considered neutral and water soluble, meaning I can now pee you out and get rid of you or poop you out and get rid of you, which leads me to phase three. I have to put you in the kidneys and then in the bladder or I have to put you in the intestines so you can so you can go. And things can go wrong in that area too. If you have kidney issues, if you have gallbladder issues, if you're missing a gallbladder, if you have constipation, if you have a lot of GI issues, gas, bloating, diarrhea, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth called SIBO, you picked up a parasite when you went traveling and didn't realize it, you have candida. All these things can get in the way of estrogen detoxification and the ability for you to get your estrogen out of your body. So in this two or three phase sort of process of getting estrogen out, our goal, what we want is humans, and this applies to males and females, it doesn't matter, it's the same process, is that we want to encourage estrogen to go down the green pathway We want to minimize the red pathway. We can never turn it off, but we can minimize it. We want to make sure you're getting neutralized and water soluble. We want to make sure your kidneys are healthy and we want to make sure your your gallbladder intestinal area is healthy as well. And the great thing is this is all testable, meaning you can, if you want to know, if you're like, gosh, I'm having all the symptoms they're talking about, we can test and figure out where this problem is. And there are um, diet, lifestyle, supplemental things that are also helpful to get you back on the right track. So mm-hmm. even if somebody says to me, oh my gosh, I'm on the red pathway, Carrie. I, my red pathway is blowing up. It's so high. It's it's not it's not a doom and gloom situation. We know there are foods to help divert you. We know there are supplements to help divert you. I know if somebody says to me, well, I, miss, I had my gallbladder removed. I mean, I had to. I don't have a gallbladder. I'm like, it's okay. It's okay. We can do, there's gallbladder support out there. There's an, we can help you if you have constipation, we can get things moving again. And then that will, of course, only help estrogen, but not just estrogen, everything. We're talking about detoxification of estrogen, but anything in your whole body, like anything you eat or breathe or drink or swallow that medication that scent you inhaled the, you know, the car that exhaust that was next to you, the new room you just painted, so the paint is off gassing, all that stuff has to go through a detoxification process in your body. And um, no matter what you do to help your liver, your kidneys or your intestines will help all that. Exactly. And this is the thing, you know, like um, nowadays, uh, you know, with, I think, read some study, 500 chemicals a day that, that oh, we modern yeah. humans are exposed yeah. to. Yeah. And this is... This is where, um, you know, our grandparents, our great grandparents, our ancestors didn't have this problem. So they didn't, they, their detox abilities were not being as stressed as ours are. You know, yeah. we've got shitty foods, 
poor, you know, nutrient-dense um, foods. We've got um, far too much sugar. We've got far too much carbs. We've got not enough of the rest of the things. And we don't have the ability to detox like we did before because we're just getting this assault. Or we need to support these pathways. That's right. absolutely crucial. And this is, you know, we all know that cancer is on the rise. We know that all of these um damaging things that are, that are happening to us. We're living longer because the medical world is amazing and they're keeping us alive, but mm-hmm. we're, you know, and often very bad states, you know, and, and as someone who's gone through that with family members, you know, like prevention is the key and that's like supporting your detox, understanding to some degree some of these processes that are going on in your body so that you can take some control. I mean, if we just look at the, the, the two, the two pathway and the four pathway, you know, we, we can get stuff off the four pathway and back onto the good two pathway by things like, you know, sulfur, sulforaphane or yeah. broccoli sprouts. Broccoli you know? sprouts. Yeah. I love broccoli, broccoli sprouts. Brussels I make sprouts, my own. Right. Yeah. You know, all of those, that whole brassica family of food can be really helpful. Um, yep. Now, a lot um, of people will say, well, I'm already eating those. You know, I, I, I eat those in my diet every day. I'm like, great. That's keep at it. Keep, don't, don't stop. And for those who don't eat those foods, um, maybe they don't do vegetables or, you know, they don't like vegetables. Uh, maybe it's time to start, especially if you're feeling symptomatic, especially if you can relate to the estrogen type symptoms we've been talking about. Yeah. And then there are supplements that we can add in, and that are sometimes yes. even more powerful because you need to eat yeah. quite a lot of broccoli to actually have an impact on the Yeah, Although like with yes. broccoli sprouts, I make my own sprouts. I have those every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, this causes epigenetic changes over time as well, yeah. you know, so you're going to, uh, you know, like, I'm sending all, most, 90% of my stuff is going down the two pathway, which is good. Now the four pathway and, and the two pathway can as well, but it, not as bad. It's, it's, it's got more stable. So the four pathway can cause DNA damage for the want of yes. a better dis- yeah. description, the depurinating yeah. addicts. Um, that, that sort of latch onto our DNA and then keep falling out again. Is that a good analogy? And then, yeah. And that's the last thing we want, right? Like we yeah. don't want something to latch onto our DNA and cause holes or poke holes or rip out. We don't, I mean, our DNA is built for a reason. And, and, and then if this keeps happening, now you're, you do have a repair system, thankfully a DNA repair system, but your DNA repair system is to come in and be like, again, and then, you know, yeah. it has to fix the holes. Well, you know, one or two holes is not a big deal, but thousands or millions, that's a lot for your DNA repair system. And something is going to get missed. It's going to get repaired incorrectly just because there's you know, so many holes and so little time. So yeah, and that's why we want to support that. Yeah, mutations, cancer can come yep. from possibly <clears throat> not, you know, not that you're going to have that, but it can happen over time. Um, so so avoiding that pathway as much as we can. And, yeah. you know, um, and, and that's just estrogens. <laughs> that's just more, yeah. that's just part of estrogens, actually. We haven't even talked yeah. about estriol and estrone and what they do. Right. Um, and then like ladies need testosterone as well. Like often yes. we think of estrogens are the female hormone and testosterone are the male hormone. And actually we've all got the same hormones everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's just got different proportions and ratios that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, and testosterone for ladies is super powerful, super strong, super amazing. Um, and we need to need to know where that's at, don't we? 
We do. I mean, testosterone is, you know, for lean muscle mass building, it's important for mood. It's important for energy. It helps with libido. I mean, our just our bone health, you know, these are testosterone and DHEA, very important for all of those things. But again, some of us, when we break down our testosterone, we'd go down what's called, and we call it the five alpha pathway. So mm-hmm. much like estrogen is pathways, testosterone done as, does as well. And one of the pathways, our five alpha pathway, if you head that pathway, you're more prone to cystic acne, like on the jawline, uh, down the neck. You're more pr- prone to hair growth in places you don't want, like a lot of it. So think about like on your, like the sideburn area, chin, down your neck, uh, around your nipples, around your belly. We're more prone to female pattern baldness. So hair loss more at the back of the head, the top of the head. Um, but we can also get it at the temples, which is usually called male pattern baldness. And so for some people listening, they might go, my gosh, that's me. I have all of those things. It can sound very, PCOS, right? Polycystic ovary syndrome. But you don't have to have that if you, if you just happen to your testosterone goes down those pathways, you may go, well, that's me. I I get, I absolutely get cystic acne and, and I've been really working to figure out what's going on with it, but it could just be the way your testosterone is getting broken down. It's getting broken down into this next layer. And that's what's causing all these symptoms. And the great thing again, we can do things to help it that, that, um, that pathway is really stimulated by inflammation and it's really can be really stimulated by insulin or insulin resistance, high blood sugar. And so even just doing things in our day-to-day to reduce inflammation, get our blood sugar under control, get our insulin under control can be really quite helpful. But other things are helpful too. Like you mentioned, you have your your green tea with you. Like green tea yep. is a really helpful one for that, for, you know, diverting or slowing that pathway down the the mineral zinc zinc can be really helpful um as well for that pathway which is why you will often see in um natural sort of sort of hair loss supplements or you know acne type supplements you will see sometimes green tea in there mm-hmm. you will see zinc in there and it's for that reason yeah and, and this can like if, if you've got a like i've got a, a client at the moment who's had stage one cancer, they took everything out, um, is suffering from all of the androgen dominance side yeah. of, of the things, even though she hasn't got ovaries now. And, um, uh, and, and with them, it would be the same. It would be like taking those supplements, looking at the insulin sensitivity, looking at the anti-inflammatory pathways. Um, and you know, like what we, when, when, we often have to have hysterectomies and, and you know, things yeah. like that that go and there are legitimate reasons. But I've experienced in my life, just to give another personal anecdote, I had really bad fibroids, right? From mm. years of being probably being on the pill didn't help and um all the other things that I've done in my life perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um they wanted to do a hysterectomy. At that point while I was still trying to have children, I was like no way in hell. No. And they said, well, yeah. you're going to die if you don't have a hysterectomy because you are bleeding out, basically. Mm-hmm. And I was having to have blood transmissions every week and I was really, really bad. And I'm stubborn as hell and I just went, no, nah, I'm not having it. <laughs> I'm going to find a way. And right. it took me a year to work out. I had this one pedunculated fibroid that was causing the trouble, had dropped down into the cervix, too much information, everyone. But I managed to get them to take that one particular one out and not the rest of it and leave everything, the ovaries and everything else, because I'd done the research on what happens. You know, I didn't want to go instantly into menopause apart from the fertility side of things. I know that ages me quicker and I don't don't want any of that. So I managed to work it out and we got, got that out. Um, but to share that story because it, 
there was there were things I could have done to to stop the fibroids developing in the first place. If I'd known what my pathways were, if I'd been mm-hmm. able to be on the right supplements. Uh, and I do think that, you know, often hysterectomies are just done at the drop of a hat. Yeah. Uh, let's rip it all out because it's causing trouble. Same with gallbladder, same with tonsils, yeah. same yeah. with all of these things. That, yes, there are times when it has to be, and obviously that's a medical decision, but do your research. Is this absolutely necessary that I have this all taken out? Because I'm not dead and I yeah. don't have any problems anymore, you know? Right. So, right. Um, Even when they leave the ovaries, I was just listening to an um, uh, OBGYN friend of mine lecture and he was saying, he was asking the crowd, do you ever have a time or do you have patients who they've had their uterus removed, but they kept their ovaries and their surgeon said, don't worry, you're keeping your ovaries. Yeah. You're not going to have any problem. Right. And of course, poop, they have tons of problems. Yep. He said, you know that the biggest blood supply to your ovaries comes along the uterus. And when they remove the uterus, one of the, one of the wow. arteries, when they remove the uterus, you know, they like clamp all that off and take it. And so he said, you end up losing a lot of that blood supply to the ovaries. Now, not all women, um, cause the body can create the, you know, collateral arteries can, mm-hmm. can help come can in and help it. be built. But for a lot of women, they're like, I still have my ovaries and yet I feel menopausal or I'm getting hot flashes now. or I feel I'm gaining weight. I'm having joint pain. My brain fog is bad. I thought I was going to be okay. I said, I, I know, I know. Hmm. Unfortunately, because in the, in the course of the surgery, you, they remove and bump and nick and cut nerves and lymph and veins and arteries. Yeah. And, and so, oh, yeah. they, so they can't get, you know, how, how are you supposed to get the nutrients and the hormones to the ovaries if all of that's been removed just to get the uterus out? And it was a big light bulb moment for a lot of practitioners who were and like, this was, I mean, I, oh. I, I went and watched surgeries <laughs> on YouTube, right? Mm-hmm. And then the way they were flinging the ovaries around, I'm like, you know, that, there is no way those ovaries are working anymore, yeah. right? I've been in plenty of surgeries. I don't, I, I don't, I'm not a surgeon, but I worked with I sh, um, a gynecology surgeon who was amazing. And she would let me come in. You know, my patients would request, can, can Karen yeah. come in? The, you know, this, can she hold space for me? And she was amazing. She's like, absolutely hundred percent, you know, comes, you know, come in and observe. And so she would often point things out and show me and it would, you know, it'd be on camera and it'd just be the coolest thing to be there. But it's, it's, um, it's, it's even is finally is finely tuned of a surgeon as she was. It's still a human cutting a piece out and it, it can't, it's not always perfect. You know, things, no, again, it, things get bumped yeah. and moved and cut and, and pulled and it, it just happens. And, uh, watching it over and over, I was like, Oh, I see now. I see now why, why surgery doesn't always go great because this is, this is what happens. And I heard you lecture uh, a podcast somewhere. You were talking about, um, um, no, I think it was Dr. Kelly Roof, actually. One, another. She was talking about. Oh, a Dutch. Yeah. 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 Lovely. Awesome. Amazing. Um, she was talking about, yeah, if you've had an ovary or ovaries removed, then your testosterone production goes down. And I was like, oh, so ovaries so it- produce testosterone as well, not just in women and, and even in postmenopausal women. It's so testosterone is where our estrogen comes from. All of it. All the estrogen in your whole body comes from testosterone and DHEA. So, and then they, so testosterone can become estrogen and then, um, 
DHEA and testosterone can become androsenedione, which is another hormone, and then that can go on to make estrogen as well. So in your ovaries, you have follicles. That's where the egg is. And on the outside of the follicle are what are called your theca cells. And your theca cells make your androgens, your testosterone, a little bit of DHEA and, and androsenedione, a, a percentage. And then the next layer down are called your granulosa cells. And so what happens is your androgens float across into your granulosa cells and they aromatize into estrogen right there in the follicle, right there in the ovary. That's how you make your estrogens mm, predominantly. Now you can make obviously your androgens, testosterone, et cetera, out of your adrenal gland. Yep. So your adrenal glands can pump them out as well. And then that hormone I mentioned earlier, androstenedione, can convert into testosterone in in like in your, all the other tissues. Yeah, your fat tissue in your body. Yeah. So you actually have three areas in the body that you make um, make those androgen hormones. So yes, if you have ovaries removed or as you're going through menopause, um, become menopausal, you lose the ovarian production of those androgens. And unfortunately for a lot of women, there's no message sent to the other areas, like the adrenal glands is an example to go, hey, the ovaries are shutting down now, they're menopausal. I need you to pick up the pace. I need you to double it up. Like that often doesn't happen, which is why a lot of women in menopause, they notice that their testosterone um, declines. And then we get, you know, like, and and this is the other double whammy that often happens at that time of life is HPA axis issues. I don't want to say adrenal fatigue because we don't say adrenal fatigue anymore, (laughs) but it's, you know, uh, that HPA axis is also, you're often under a a high stress load at that time of your life, you know, where you've got maybe older parents, like I've got, you've got children, you've got careers, uh, your stress levels are up to the roof. And you're not, you know, a lot of your cortisol can be stealing from your other, your ability to make other hormones. So you're getting this double whammy in peri, right. peri in, in, in menopause. Yeah. So it's not so much stealing as it's stealing resources. It's stealing in that with all that cortisol, that becomes the primary focus. So remember your brain, our brain as women is always scanning our internal and external surroundings to go, is this a good month to have a normal ovulation and subsequently a normal period? So if cortisol is really high for some people, stress is really high, again, that cord, the brain's going to go, it's a lot of cortisol. There's obviously a lot of stress. So this month, I'm not going to focus on ovulation or I'm not going to make it a star player. Therefore, progesterone is going to go down. So it's not that cortisol steals the resources. It's that it tells the brain, this is not a good month. This is not a good month to have a baby. So either don't ovulate or let's screw it up or let's not make a lot of progesterone. And that's what happens. So it's a survival type mechanism, but we suffer the consequences. So now we have less progesterone. We don't sleep as well. We're more anxious. We have heavier periods. Our PMS sucks. Like who designed this? Exactly. A fan of, although I get it. If I'm really stressed out, you know, I definitely, it's not the best time to stop and make a baby, but, um, I, but I also wish we didn't have to suffer all the consequences of not having great levels of progesterone out the other end. And this can happen like even a a younger, younger woman, like in their thirties and even like twenties, progesterones are going down. I would have women in their twenties who would say, I'm having hot flashes. Is that possible? And they're (laughs) conventional. GP would say, no, 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 that's not possible. You're, you know, that only happens in menopause. And I'm like, no, any shift in hormones, especially a decline. So a decline in estrogen, let's say 
can cause hot flashes at any age. Now it's more common in menopause, of course, or perimenopause even, but I've had 20 year olds who have amenorrhea. They haven't had a cycle for whatever reason. And they're like, I feel old, Carrie, I'm having hot flashes and I've, you know, got, um, uh, you know, hairline fractures in my feet and my joints wow. hurt and my yeah. brain fog is bad. And I'm like, right. Cause you haven't had any estrogen to nourish any of that. We've got to get that estrogen up. And so I don't want anyone to get told the age thing. Oh, you're too young for that. You're too old for that. No, it's hormones. It can happen. It, it, it hormones. Just interrupting the show to talk to you about something that I'm very, very uh, passionate about, and that's photobiomodulation. For the last seven years, I've been using devices from a company called Vilight.com. That's V-I-E-L-I-G-H-T.com. And I use their devices in mum's rehabilitation with her uh, brain injuries. Um, but this is using uh, photobiomodulation, uh, low-level light therapy. It's using the red light therapy and infrared light therapy and there's a lot of clinical research going on i'd encourage you to go over and check it all out on vilight.com and also listen to the two episodes that i've done on this podcast with dr lou lim and with peter adams from vilight um if you're wanting to find out more, I encourage you to look at the research, the clinical research around things like Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, TBI, uh, autism, PTSD, um, immune system modulation. And it's a, it's a very powerful uh, therapeutic uh, that can be used <clears throat> for um, increasing your cellular health. What it does is that on a basic level, it's using your mitochondria. The mitochondria are very particularly receptive uh, to non-ionizing electromagnetic energy to trigger photochemical changes within the cellular structure that are receptive to photons. And at the cellular level, visible red and near-infrared light energy are absorbed by the mitochondria, which are those powerhouses of your cell, which perform the function of producing cellular energy called ATP. And the key to this entire process is a mitochondrial enzyme called cytochrome oxidase C, which is a chromophore which accepts photonic energy or light energy of specific wavelengths. And so it's going to increase your ability to produce ATP. I won't go and butcher the science anymore. I would encourage you to head over to violite.com. And if you do buy any devices, We've managed to uh, get you a discount. If you use the code TAMATI, that's T-A-M-A-T-I with a little T, TAMATI, you'll get 10% off at checkout. So make sure you go and check it all out. Yeah, hormones can, can just do whatever they're doing at that time. And this is yep. why, you know, the conversation around stress is probably one of the most important conversations. And it's so hard because how the hell do you reduce stress in this world? Yeah. Like, you know, like right. we're all faced with like... You know, God knows everything. What. <laughs> everything. So it's then about how do I manage that the best I can. Yeah. Uh, and then you know, there's genetic predispositions to having been more stress oriented. Yeah. I'm like that. Got a lot of adrenaline. Got a lot of <laughs> stuff yeah. going on. Yeah. Um, yeah. So or even the, what I call the big T's and little T's, which I I don't. I'll be on. I don't remember who used coined that phrase, but I love that phrase. The big traumas and the little traumas, right? Condition us. Um, from a young age and how yeah. we handle stress as we get older or don't handle stress as we get older. And like, let's just talk about a little bit about the HPA 
uh, axis, your hypothalamus, pituitary, adrenal. And yeah. we used to say adrenal fatigue, but it's not actually the adrenal gland that's not producing the cortisol. It's the, the communication from the, the pituitary and the hypothalamus and the, the, that, that feedback mechanism. Like if you yeah. have a stressful event, you get lots of cortisol production that feedbacks to the brain over time that can downregulate then your, your, your cortisol production. What, yeah. what is, what can we do about this? Because this is epidemic as well. Yeah. Yeah, um, it really is. And it's not fair or fun. Um, yeah, sure. Other than Addison's, Addison's disease is the actual autoimmune where you honestly can't make cortisol. Yeah. But, um, and uh, one of the things I do want to clarify, because in the early years, I've been talking about <laughs> adrenal, I'm like, adrenal fatigue is not the right yeah. word for years. I mean, I think since <laughs> like, I can't even remember when I first started talking, 20 my gosh, 13. I did a YouTube video with Mike Mutzel and, and we got so much hate for it. Yeah, and now I've done the same there's and got so much education uh, around like, oh, you know what? It doesn't actually exist. The symptoms are very real. I'm not, dis- I'm not dismissing your symptoms, how you feel at all. It's, it's the idea. Mechanism. It's, it's the mechanism that people get wrong. People go, oh, I have adrenal fatigue. My adrenals don't work. I'm like, well, they're not there. It's a mis. There's a communication issue either. Yeah. The brain isn't telling the adrenals to do something or the mitochondria in your adrenals are not, are not doing the thing. They're not producing. It's not that your adrenals don't go through menopause. Um, yes. Of course you have like Addison's disease, which is autoimmune. So you, the big thing when people go, well, what do I do? How do I, how do I rest? How do I get better? Honestly, my biggest, I'm like, I, everyone's different. So I don't know. And I, I don't care. And I mean that with a lot of heart. I mean, whatever it takes for you to lower your stress, I want you to do it. So if that means breathing exercises work for you, fantastic. If that means laying on the couch and watching TV to decompress for a long while is what you do, I don't care, do it. If it's like walking your dog, I don't care, do it. Journaling, you know, music therapy, like I don't care what it is as long as it's helping you feel better in the end and you do it consistently, that's all I care about. So then people go, so you're telling me to watch TV. I'm like, you know what? Some people are so burnt yeah. out yep. and they're so traumatized and they're so stressed. That's all they can do is lay down. And I'm totally okay with it. <laughs> I'm totally okay with it. There's a difference between procrastination and lazy. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm so, I'm such in a free state. You know, there's fight, flight, freeze. I am such in a free state. All I can do is lay down. I'm like, when you were so in a free state, Get the help you need and and lay down. It's okay. But one of the big things I do notice over and over and over again when we talk about stress is, you know, I I mentioned that scanning, the brain is always scanning. Am I safe enough? Am I healthy enough? Am I to, to do the thing I need to do? So how do we feel safe? Well, it involves things like community, right? Yeah. Are you in a community that you love? Do you feel safe? And if you don't, why? And can you change that? Play. It is really hard to feel unsafe when you are genuinely playing and having a good time and laughing when you are genuinely laughing, when you are finding joy. Joy is different than happiness. Happiness is, is, um, joy comes from more internal as far, as far as I'm concerned. It's, you know, you hear like find joy, find your joy. Healing happens at joy. You see all these like cute quotes. Um, and I honestly believe it when you honestly feel that like internal joy, versus what, you know, shopping or buying, and that makes you happy, 
your mm. coffee makes you happy, you know, whatever it is, I'm like, find that play, that joy, because that will help switch you out of fight or flight or freeze and into that rest, that digest in that heal. And I think people are going right to the breathing exercises without answering some of these basic questions. You're doing the breathing exercises in a place you don't feel safe, right? You're doing the journaling about somebody who doesn't make you feel safe. And it's it's not a pleasant experience. You haven't played or felt joy in a really long time. You hate your community or you don't have access to your community. They live far away and or you've been shut off for them for the mm. last couple of years because yeah. of COVID, right? So it's the those kind of basics when I would ask people, they're like, well, I'm Carrie, I keep doing the breathing exercises. I'm like, I, I know, but some of these other basic things for you, just knowing them as patients or friends or neighbors, like you're not, you're is, not hitting those things. This is so hard. And I thought you, you might've seen the, the cat cameo the cat, in the I love it. <laughs> who just climbed into my hyperbaric chamber. I love it. Naughty, naughty belly. Um, <laughs> but, but thinking of cats, right? Yeah. Like my cat is my psychologist, you know, yeah. like my cat gives me oxytocin. I go and cuddle my cat every, every time I'm feeling stressed out. Mm-hmm. If I find the cat sleeping on the bed, I'll go and cuddle the cat for a second. Mm-hmm. And that helps me just calm down. And there's little wee tricks like that we can put yeah. throughout the day. And, and, you know, like I think our world is feeling so unsafe, especially in the last yeah. two years. What's happened to us as a, as a global population, we're feeling frightened. We're feeling unsafe. We are unsure about the future and. You know, I've, you know, trying to block some of that now, some of, some of the news channels, some of the yes. social media channels so that I'm absolutely, uh, aware and conscious when I'm going to do that and not doing that all the time willy nilly because that can be really detrimental to this, you know, my stress situation. And yeah. I can't influence that a lot, you know, like what's happening in the world and the wars and the whatever's happening, yeah. right? I've got to focus on, that beautiful flower in my garden that wasn't there yesterday and (laughs) my cat who's so cuddly and giving mum a hug and, you know, going, finding the husband and telling me he's doing a great job today and gratitude and all of those things that sound so woo woo and sound so hairy fairy. Uh, but it's really good when it, you know, you get this from a, a real like doctor science nerd like yourself (laughs) going, actually this affects and this is how it affects your your hormones. Yeah. I think that's super, yeah. super important for people because we, yeah. like my, my husband is a classic example. You know, we're both very, very driven people. So we just go, go, go all the time and we've got to work more and be better and do more and achieve more. And he's, I'm like, go for a surf. And he's like, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't take an hour off. I've got to, I've got to paint the room. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. And I'm like, go for the surf, you know, for mm-hmm. crying out loud because you're a better person afterwards, you know, and yeah. it's, it's it's not being lazy. It's not being selfish yeah. to do that stuff. It's actually going to benefit your family. It's going to benefit yourself. If you can get your hormones right, you know, right. Um, yeah. whether you're dealing with infertility or whether you're dealing with, you know, just stress situations, it's, it's, it can be so, so powerful. It's that, that whole delicate balance that makes up the human, I think is really important. Yeah. Yeah. I agree a hundred percent because you can take, I mean, you can take all the supplements in the world, but some of these basic stuff, if you don't have it under control, you can't out supplement that. I mean, I would have patients come in with grocery bags full of supplements and they felt 
off. You know, I would say, well, where, how do you feel? Why are you here? Do these work? They're like, I feel terrible. That's why I'm here. I don't think these are working, but yet they've bought thousands of dollars of supplements, hoping they can out supplement themselves and, and either not knowing, uh, which is very fair or not wanting to make some of these key core changes around yeah. everything you just said, like we were, we were just talking about. And yeah. so I love supplements. I'm a huge fan of supplements. Me too. You need them a hundred percent, but like I can't out supplement joy or community or proper sleep or, you know, what I eat in a day or, or diet, you know, things diet. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exercise. Exactly. Yeah. And these so, are, these, these have massive impacts too. If we just look at the, the exercise, uh, you know, when I go to the gym and I lift weights, I'm increasing my growth hormone, my testosterone. Mm -hmm. I'm impacting my bone density. It's not just the muscles that I'm going okay. for, the toning or the whatever. Um, well, I do want the muscle actually, because right. <laughs> ladies, we need muscle, yes. right? Okay. I'm a very yes. big fan of maintaining our muscle mass as we head into our thirties, our forties, fifties and beyond. Yeah. We need to actually, you know, a little less cardio sometimes and a little mm. more weight training would, you know, like, yeah. And there's great research that. on that. There's a great, um, Dr. Dr. Gabrielle Lyon, and she her, talking about the importance of muscle and protein are, you know, sort of her, her keynotes and she being female herself. I mean, she just really hits at home, you know, being a cardio bunny is not going to do it for you. You've nope. really got to build that lean muscle. You will lose it. And then when it is, we women get into perimenopause and then menopause, we become more insulin resistant, yeah. that loss of hormone means we're more prone to metabolic syndrome, diabetes, insulin resistance. It's just unfortunately can be a natural progression because we lose estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, which are very helpful in in some regards of, of preventing Absolutely. that for us in our younger years. So one of the big things is when you have good lean muscle, especially in the lower body, so strong legs, strong booty, um, really can help reduce your risk for insulin resistant metabolic syndrome diabetes and to you know don't they, the joke right don't forget leg day like you want to yeah, make yeah. sure <laughs> strong legs and a strong booty because that in as we hit our 40s and 50s that really will make help make a difference on um weight gain brain fog how we use our glucose energy subsequently our energy production inflammation, et cetera, et cetera. And yeah. so we hear these things on social media all the time. And we might think to ourselves, well, that sounds goofy or that sounds weird. Yeah. or I don't know, but it's like, no, really, really. Yeah. It's like, really, really? you know, get off the bloody <laughs> treadmill and get over there, the yes. weight section. Um, and, and it, I think it, it is, uh, you know, I'm an ultra marathon runner, right? I did mm -hmm. cardio to the extreme. I know <laughs> to the ultra, <laughs> to the ultra extreme. And I did it for 25 years and I was fatter unhealthier, more inflamed, hormonally imbalanced, infertile because I was chronic exercising. Yeah. And I was doing the wrong types and I wasn't doing weight training. And, you know, now my focus is actually on weight training, yoga. Mm -hmm. There is there is cardio. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Cardio oh, yeah, is, a, sure. is a piece yeah, of the puzzle. No, just but not that chronic over-exercising, over-causing oxidative stress, inflammation, all of those things. Now it's about like, hey, I've got to balance it, especially in menopause, which I'm going through. <laughs> you know, you've yeah. got to balance this stuff out. And maintaining that muscle mass means longevity. 
It's yes. much more, it's an endocrine active organ. It's doing the myokines and things are doing amazing things when you've got muscles that are, you know, I take my 81 year old mum to the gym five days a week, you know, and we're doing our weights. And yes, it's at the level of an 81 year old, right? I'm not smashing crap out of her. <laughs> <laughs> Although she thinks I am. Um, it, it, but it's, it's so important to keep your posture, keep your bone density, all of that sort of stuff. So please yeah. don't neglect that. Can we just touch, Carrie, now on um, men's health and what yeah. men go through and andropause and is that such a thing? Yeah. Testosterone and, and estrogen in our environment, the xenoestrogens that are yeah. affecting our men. Uh, what? Yeah, where do we start with that? Oh my gosh. And we know, I mean, we've, I mean, the research has just shown this a million times over. We know testosterone levels have been declining in men. Sperm count in production has been declining yep. in men. I mean, they're absolutely getting affected hormonally, um, just in a different way than, than us females are. And I, my practice was predominantly female, but I would have, I had the subset of men who would come in because their, you know, their wife or their sister or their mom would come see me and then they would send the men in like, yeah. he's a train wreck too. He's a hormonal <laughs> mess. He's moody, like fix him. He has no libido or he has, you know, yep. he's got a lot of fat development in places he probably doesn't want. And so these men would come in and they would go, I'm like, do you know why you're here? They're like, nope, I have no idea. Complete <laughs> 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 denial. My and so I'm like, well, it's a good too. thing I talked to your wife. I know why you're here. But yes, and, and the, there's a lot of really interesting research around, um, just like you said, the chemicals in our environment and the, the xenoestrogens and the impact that can have on not only, um, how a man makes the, the testosterone level itself or even the sperm production itself, but the cells in the testicles that do it in the first place. Wow. And, and again, just like we have, we women have that feedback from the brain to the ovary. Men have that feedback from the brain down to the testicle also. And hey, men have adrenal glands as well. And so anything that disrupts their brain and testicular communication or disrupts the testicular cells um, absolutely is going to impact how they do or don't make testosterone. And then you mentioned way in the beginning aromatase. So in women, it's the enzyme that converts testosterone into estrogen anywhere in the body, in the ovaries and the fat tissue, men have it too. Men absolutely have it too. So remember, they make a whole lot more testosterone than we do, or at least they should. And so they have that aromatase. And if they are getting the signal to have their aromatase hit harder, which is commonly due to inflammation, high insulin, insulin resistance, high glucose, those um, infection, infection, like that all hits aromatase to say, convert testosterone over to estrogen. Wow. And in men, men need estrogen. They need some, they don't need zero. They need some, it does help their their bones, their brain, their mood, things like that. But if they get too much, that's when they start to notice belly fat, breast development, moodiness. They, they, get uh, less motivated, more weepy, uh, more sad, more tired. So it's almost like a low testosterone sim- um, type picture, uh, erectile dysfunction, but they could have okay levels of testosterone, but just all this es- estrogen. And that's what we can test. We know that exists. What we can't test because it's hard to test them are add on all the estrogen chemicals yeah. in the environment into their body. So yeah. is as us women, we can have 
PMS and endometriosis and heavy periods and polyps and all the things because of our own estrogen or because of the estrogen in the environment or both. And the same goes for men. They can have estrogen type symptoms because of their um, aromatization or because of all the chemicals in the environment. So we learn all the time about our products that we buy and the things we use to clean our house and, you know, our makeup and our skincare and fragrance and all this stuff. It absolutely applies to men. It applies to the whole world. I don't, I don't care who you are Yeah. when, you know, alcohol and all of that contributes to beer is estrogenic. Oh my gosh. THC is estrogenic. (laughs) Fat tissue itself is estrogenic. So the more fat, and so it becomes this vicious cycle of, you know, you, you put on weight, you, you make more. Uh, Is there a way we can block aromatase or or we don't want to block anything probably, but down-regulate our aromatase and up-regulate our testosterone production. Are you a fan of testosterone <laughs> optimization? I mean, that's a big Yo, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely. So in in women, I'm really hesitant because we can't microcontrol literally anything in the whole body. So when I educate, I'm always like, remember, the body works as a system. So when you pluck one end of the spider web, the whole spider yeah. web vibrates. So if you're going to take a supplement that's been touted as an aromatase inhibitor, or it's going to raise testosterone or it's going to stop this detoxification pathway, or it's going to upregulate this one pathway. I'm like, really? Is it just that one? Are yeah. you sure? Is the whole other? thing is going to vibrate. So be very careful what you do and don't do. So I will have women and men say, I want to, you know, I want to completely block aromatase and just focus on, you know, grow my testosterone. And I'm like, well, if the bot, you know, I, there are absolutely medications, anti-aromatase and or, uh, medications commonly used in cancer. Um, there are some supplements that have maybe so- shown some promise to slow down aromatase, but if the body is trying to push for estrogen, you, you may just reroute itself a different way. Wow. And so it may or may not work. And that's why I'm, um, I'm like, well, let's go for the cause. Let's go for the root cause, inflammation, insulin, glucose, infection. And in the United States, we have a lot of testosterone clinics that have popped up for men. So they have all these fancy ads with sexy men who say, do you have low energy? Are you not motivated? Have you gained weight? Do you have erectile dysfunction? Come in. We will test your testosterone and just give you testosterone. Yeah. Completely failing to check. Yeah. Every other hormone, thyroid, cortisol, their sleep, their diet, their exercise. And so men go in, they get put on testosterone and they maybe feel good initially, but then they get all the negative side effects because the actual root cause wasn't dealt with. Maybe their estrogen goes up. Maybe it's too much testosterone. So now they're angry and irritated, but also developing, you know, breast tissue and, you know, it just, they're not managed very well. And so that's, that's my, I'm a huge fan of testosterone optimization, but I'm also like, you have to keep it in the context of the whole body. Yeah. The holistic just focus approach on is one thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've got, yeah, I've got a. Women um, are a little bit different because again, we do actually lose, you know, that we, the function, our ovaries are done. Yeah, um, and so drop. we do for a lot of us, we actually do drop and uh, we, we drops our DHEA. Um, so we have two types of DHEA, DHEA by itself. DHA with an S on it, D-H-E-A-S. So the, the S version is made in the adrenals, only in the adrenals. Whereas the DHEA no S, it can be partly made in the ovaries too. So then it becomes when you get testing done, blood work or saliva or Dutch testing, people will say to me, well, my DHEA is super low. 
because I'm menopausal, come to find out what they ran was a DHAS, which is adrenal. So I'm like, no, 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 that actually is not your ovaries. That's your adrenals. So different gland completely. So even just knowing these little nuances can be helpful in how do we optimize? Do you need DHEA, the supplement? Do you, which for a lot of countries is a prescription for the United States, it's over the counter. Is it really just adrenal support? What's going on in your life? How's your sleep, et cetera, et cetera. And the same goes for men. Yeah. And, and so it's, it's a, once again, you need a, a practitioner that, that can look at this holistic picture. Um, and you know, they don't, they don't grow on trees, unfortunately. <laughs> Wouldn't that be <laughs> nice? pretty hard to come by people like you that have that in-depth knowledge on how all these intricate pathways do. And that's why, you know, the Dutch test is a fabulous place to start because it does give us all that organic acid test. It gives us the cortisol, which we didn't even get to because we need part two of this at some point, Carrie. <laughs> yes. um, we didn't even get to the cortisol awakening response and all of that sort of stuff that I wanted to dive into as well. But maybe we can do that in round two yeah, somewhere two, and yeah. talk about SIBO and thyroid and um, all of those other amazing things. Um, but Dr. Kerry, you've been absolutely amazing today. Um, I am just such a fan of your work and uh, your education and the stuff that you're doing. Um, I wish I could download your brain and just stick it in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working hard on it, everybody, but heck, I'm not there yet, you know. Uh, there's so much nuance to the conversation and so much to learn. And you've had the, the benefit of thousands of, you know, working in, uh, with these tests for, for, for decades and working with thousands of patients and seeing that, you know, so you can't just download that, unfortunately. But <laughs> not yet, not with current technology, maybe soon. Yeah, yeah. We'll be able to download <laughs> your brain. Um, so Dr. Carey, is there anything we haven't touched on that you would like to share? Anything that you're super excited about or anything before we wrap it up? Well, actually, the one thing I will say, because I know hormones can be really frustrating and really overwhelming for women, right? And and because they know it's hormonal, they feel terrible. They feel like crap, you know, their moods aren't great. So they may be listening to this feeling really overwhelmed not feeling good at all. And now they're like 10x more overwhelmed because they're like, oh my gosh, this sounds so confusing. <laughs> so one of the big takeaways that I, I do want to say around hormones is that everything, again, I am 23 years into this journey. I have been in this medicine 23 years. So my chapter 23 is very different from somebody's chapter one. But the second thing I want to say is that it's modified, it's testable and it's modifiable. And if you see a practitioner who says, I can't test that. There's nothing you can do. It's bullshit. Change. <laughs> and it's totally okay to add to your clinical team. It's totally okay to love your GP or love your gynecologist for that and find somebody else who will test and who I will mean. help you through this journey. <laughs> My gynecologist, I absolutely love. She does not want to do this at like, you know, functional medicine is not her thing even a little bit, but she's a great gynecologist. So I'm like, cool. You, you know, I'm going to keep you for yep, the one I need you once a year. And I can write exactly, but you know, I'm not, I don't need, I'm not going to fire. I'm just going to add to my team when I need it. I and love so that. that's what I tell women. I know it sounds overwhelming, but I am here to tell you after so many years, it is testable and it is modifiable. And by modifiable, I mean that there's things you can do. And so, um, do what you did, which is you're going to have to do your own research. You're going to have to start looking stuff up. You're going to have to kind of put in, you know, even I know everyone's schedule is crazy, but 10 or 15 minutes, stop, don't scroll Instagram or TikTok or Facebook, take 10 or 15 minutes and scroll whatever thing you've got going on and really start educating yourself on that. 
go and, then, and follow you and then, on and your then exactly and then and oh me i thought you meant like focus on them um and, and then and then seek out you know the help that you need because if you can walk into a practitioner's office you don't have to be a doctor or a coach or anything if you can walk in and go i learned you know da da da, da. i have these symptoms i strongly suspect it's because I have low progesterone, or I don't think I ovulate, or I think my estrogen's a problem, and I would like to get that tested. It's going to, most practitioners are going to go, oh, wow, okay, uh, sure, let's do that. <laughs> Versus, <laughs> uh, you know, this I have PMS, I don't know what to do. And then they're like, here's the pill. And and so I think <laughs> having just even a little bit of baseline knowledge or, um, you know, something around, like, well, I, you know, I learned, I learned that testosterone can go down in menopause, it, but in a, the adrenal glands can make it. And I'm menopausal. I would like to have my testosterone checked, you know, and your practitioner go, oh, geez. Okay. Uh, let's test it. <laughs> Ver, you know, so I find that if you can come with a little bit of knowledge that what yeah. are they going to do? They could say no, don't get me wrong. And, There's and, some, you know, some of them but, are arrogant and don't want, you know, yeah. oh, that, that rubbish Dr. Google. And yeah. I hate that because <laughs> we have access to people like you via the internet thanks very much we're not listening to idiots you know like right. there is rubbish out there <laughs> yeah <laughs> but don't 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 talk down to people you know like yeah. then you know we 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 have access it's not gated this information anymore yeah. thank goodness so we have yeah, access and agreed. be able to do it and that's what i do I, I i stick a team around any of the clients that i'm working with i act more like a navigator in that i am putting a team of people you know depending on resources and, and so on and so forth. And sometimes it's go and listen to this doctor or this podcast right. or whatever. Right. Um, right. But putting a team around them so that they can have the best information from the best doctors. And it's yeah. not yeah that your GP is bad or this one's bad. It's that they've got that information, but they yeah. don't have that information. And you yeah. need to have a team approach to your health. Yeah, you know, agreed. I'm very big on that. Yeah. Oh, Dr. Carrie, you're being wonderful. I just wish, <laughs> I wish you lived down the road and I could just chat with you heaps, but um, <laughs> this has been absolutely fabulous. So thank you. And we can follow you personally. You've got a website. You sure can. Yes, I am on Instagram. I'm at Jones. I have dipped my baby toe into TikTok where I'm at Ooh. Dr. Carrie Jones. <laughs> Tell you what, social media, it's a blessing and a curse oh, in yeah. a lot of ways. But man, the education, there's some great, great, great education out there. So there is. And that's, I think, you know, and, and going to the, to the source, to the website, I think is also, um, you know, like to your website, it's great. It's got all yep. the podcasts that you've, you've I been have a lot on, on there. And, I'm updating yeah. that. Yeah. 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 No, fabulous. Okay. Dr. Kerry, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. That's it this week for Pushing the Limits. Be sure to rate, review, and share with your friends. Head over and visit Lisa and her team at lisatamati.com.